what the you can get what remains of Edith Finch on any uh, system. I think I got it via Game Pass. I played it on Xbox. Um, it's a very short game. It's about two hours if you really try hard enough. There's no real major secrets or like collectibles or anything. It's basically a walking simulator. Are you saying only little remains of Edith Finch? Very little remains of Edith Finch. Yeah, yeah. that's a yeah, shame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very serious game about a family's death. There's often a lot of tragedies. Let's go ahead and make. Com I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it it uh it is probably my favorite walking simulator I've ever played. I like it way more than Gone Home or things like that. Um, What about Walking Simulator 2019? I don't know. That probably exists, right? Is that, is that actually a <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Is that a thing? No, I, I have no idea. That was, that was, I would not put it past them. That was a guess. No, um, the thing I don't like <laughs> about Walking Simulators is they usually just make like a small little sandbox or whatever. Dear Esther is the one I think of. Mm. Like is the iconic walking simulator. Really? You just kind of walk around in an environment. You hear some little sure, bits yeah. and pieces of story. Yeah, yeah. And... That's that's all that happens, and then like you, right. you end it, and you go, all right, whatever. What remains of Edith Finch is special because mm -hmm. um, number one, the actual environment is very structured. It's a house. It, it like the entire thing is like you're Edith Finch, mm -hmm. and you're going through your family history and and uh, discovering through your inherited house because you're the last surviving member of your family. Yeah. Um, You're going through the house, and it's a very complex house filled with uh, secret passages and hidden rooms. And you go through and you read different uh, articles based on the people that live in the house, like your your uncle or your great-grandfather. And you look through the thing, and you look at what's written, and it takes you to a different uh, level. And you play as the person writing And, or otherwise, and um, you basically experience through the eyes of the family member that died. Okay. Um, so it's, and it varies wildly depending on who the person is. So if you're an artist, uh, you get a very artistic one. Uh, if you're like, uh, there's one where you're uh, a dad hunter, um, like, it's it's her grandfather, and... Uh, I'm sorry, did you say, say a dad hunter? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very dads? bad at describing shit. Yeah, he hunts dads. Calvin better watch him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he he basically, the, the gimmick is that you're first person and you take pictures. And each picture is a, is a segment of a family hunting trip mm. with the dad and daughter. And mm -hmm. then at the very end, uh, he ends up, like, at the last second where the camera clicks yeah. is where he falls off a cliff and dies and the uh, daughter has to suffer. Again, it's a very sad sort of thing, but Sounds it sort like of internalizes it. different gameplay elements into specific characters. Nice, that's good, yeah. Yeah, I never got around to that. I'd still, I still think Gone Home is fantastic. It's still like, it's, it's like a very, for me, a very like, sort of accomplished, rounded, um, sort of short story-esque um, experience um and i will always like you know def defend it in its non-spectacularness um but yeah no i should i should uh, check that out yeah I, i liked gone home but in my head it it feels like in gone home there was a difference between 
narrative and gameplay. And gameplay was so lacking. There's not a lot of gameplay in either Finch, but there's enough per character to where you feel the different vignettes offer something very unique to how game uh, games provide narrative. And it's I think it's innovative for the medium, definitely. Okay, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, by the way, we're the uh, <laughs> we're the Daydream Cast. I'm Pavlos, and this is uh, Brogan uh, again. There of you course, go. my uh, you got it. My yeah, no, that wasn't my supposed words. to be a question mark. I know it sounded like it, but <laughs> that's what's supposed. Sometimes I should do it. I was like, this is Pavlos, and I'm Brogan. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta sound more excited. I, I can't right. wait till we get. Uh, I, I'm a rookie, you know. I'm I'm still green. I'm still green. I I, uh, I want I want like a sponsorship. That way we can go in with the advertisements. Like, yeah, we need. Hey ads. there, Pablo's. <laughs> do you do you have you ever had difficulty slipping? Don't you want my pillow? Yes, my Tell pillow. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, is the best kind of pillow there is. No other pillow will make you sleep perfect. This one will. Wow. It will cost you hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I have those. I will sell this podcast out in the first minute. I, I have those. I should spend them on your pillow. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, Broken this amount pillows. of energy I don't normally have. Yeah, this sorry. amount of energy is required mm-hmm. by uh, paying me money. And yeah. if you pay me money, I will talk about anything. I think I think the other cast. Uh, I think the other cast is sold out, but not us. Like we're not doing ads yet. I think the other ones have been doing it. Like I think they have like five ads in every episode. Not us, of course. Uh, <laughs> Alvin and David are uh, shilling. I don't even know what people advertise. Oh, oh, they totally advertise Audible. Yeah. The loot crate. Last time it was some hair product. I don't even know. Like last episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I, I I was on the last uh, I was on the I don't know if it's I think it's, it was the last the straight story one I think it's the last one. Um, uh, but, it won't be by the time right. This that's right. That's right. Um, but but yeah, um, you should how listen did to you that. Feel about talking to Twin Geeks cast. Man, let, let me tell you, those guys suck. Um, I, I mean, it was a, <laughs> no, it was a great time and a great discussion on uh, that on the Lynch uh, film, the uh, the straight story. Yeah. Um, and um, everyone should listen. Um, yeah. I don't watch movies, so right. Yeah, not you. So, not you. Not you. For you, it's not gonna what, be. Yeah. What games have you been playing? Games, yes. Um, well, I have been playing. Uh, I've been trying um, Valorant, which is a uh, the Riot. Um, uh, Counter-Strike, basically. Uh, it's like Counter-Strike with some Overwatch-esque abilities. Um, and uh, also, its cheat, anti-cheat, anti-cheat protection uh, is bad. It run, like it, it just start, uh, you know, runs on startup and uh, sort of runs all the time. Uh, you know, just keeps running even if you is don't play the game. Is it actually spyware? Or is it, do we not? Yeah, I don't know. But... Um, but I got a key finally into the closed beta, and um, I've been playing that. I thought, well, it's just it's basically Counter Strike, but you can make up for being you know bad at Counter Strike. You can make up for it a little bit with the abilities, so that's how I can hang it all. But I still need to play more. Matches last a long time, um, actually. Um, but it feels good. Like it's it's good. I like it. 
it's it, it runs on a it runs on a toaster like super low settings um, if you want and um, it, yeah it could be it's exciting I would say like I, I say that as someone who has like no Counter Strike uh, history basically um, you have different heroes they have different yeah abilities some of them a lot of them have like stuff that closes off closes off visibility to to the to both sides actually. Um, the others have like you know like one has like the um, has like the Hanzo uh, the arrow you know that reveals uh, location um, of people. Uh, you can bounce it. It's cool. Um, and would you say that the abilities are not supplementary, but they're ne- are they overbearing or uh, they're definitely or are essential. they all going to be mm-hmm. s- okay? Oh, they're definitely essential to the experience. Like you, you know, you have to use them, but uh, it's not like again, it's 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 gonna you know it's gonna sort of back up. Um, it's gonna make up for for aim a little bit, like smart use of those. Um, so. Uh, but but ultimately, obviously, you still have to you know have to be good at shooting people. And like when you when you're moving, uh, your aim is um, takes a sign- uh, like your uh, spread and everything. So your accuracy takes a big hit. So I'm I I'm not sure if that's from Counter Strike. I would assume so. Um, that like standing still is like basically you have to stand yeah. Crouch- still. Crouching even helps more. Yeah, basically you have to stand still to uh, to shoot the to get the most out of your accuracy. Um, yeah, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep you know I'm gonna keep playing it. Yeah, I haven't put in too much time yet, but just because well, just because the matches last so long. So I've actually put in some hours, but it didn't feel like it because it was only like four or five matches in total. But um, right, and like actually, the people have been surprisingly. Uh, I'm sure that's going to change, but I'm sure the people have been surprisingly, you know, constructive and sort of nice, even. Not toxic is what you're telling me? Yeah, but that's going to change, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. Because now it's all unrated, of course, so... Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, speaking of Overwatch, um, let's just do the... Let's just do these... You know, get these over with together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the shooters that you have to specifically play to understand right. the mechanics we're talking about. Yeah, new hero hit live to live servers um, yesterday. Um, Echo, she's great. Uh, she's so fun to play. Uh, really, she has a copy ability as an alt where she copies a hero, uh, any hero from their team, just with prolonged uh, with uh, sorry with accelerated alt uh, build up. Um, so she can alt several times with a lot of them, and when she dies, she just reverts back. So uh, yeah, and she flies a lot like Farah. Um, so and yeah, she's really super fun to use. I would say she's sort of a glass can. She can really put down some damage uh, and can flank really well. But obviously, like I think one of the, her hard hard counters actually. Like well, just like Farah, of course, is like Anna. Like I was shooting her down with Anna, and in three hits, she like Farah, she's she's down. So uh, or like I'm guessing a widow would probably be brutal. Yeah, def- of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we played some matches together. 
Um, and neither of us played Echo during those matches. Well, we just yeah. saw Echoes from our team. Yeah, because we queued with all the roles, and of course we only got tanks and healers. But uh, also we only lost one game out of like 10 or so. So uh, we're basically... It was all thanks to me. Yeah, right. His mercy. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why Overwatch League hasn't called you yet. Um <laughs> Right. They're scared. They're just scared. They are scared. Like, this guy's going to break things. We'll see what happens things. after Valorant. They may, they may be looking for people after Valorant. Right. Yeah, no, they were like, this guy's going to break the competition. Like, it's going to break the yeah. system here. Um, so, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on... You tried it out in practice range, right? Uh, so Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I dabbled in her. I like, I like DPS uh, characters with options, right? And that's mm -hmm. one of my worries about, like original dps characters is like i feel like reaper for instance i don't think reaper has a lot of options right <laughs> like I, I think he has like a game plan and if the game plan doesn't work you're fucked yeah you flank um, and either you get someone or you die yeah yeah but like echo has mobility and then has like crazy options for the ult or just how she attacks she has projectiles yeah. she has streams her, she has like sort of sticky bomb things Those uh, are for really her fun. right click. Yeah, the beam basically does little damage when the target is above half health, and if it's below its half health, then the beam like melts. It has like one hundred something uh, damage per second on it. It's insane. Like it completely melts if you're half HP. Um, so basically, you want to get them low and then use the uh, use the beam on them. Well, the beam is just reliable damage. It's just, like, it's the easy mode, whereas, like, other characters, like Genji, for instance, mm -hmm. there's not a reliable way to end it. You, you just have to get every hit in with your shurikens. But, like, Echo can be like, oh, yeah, stream, and then just be, like, right near the guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you get them half, and then you use the beam. It's hard to, uh, right, hard to mess that up. Basically, in a in a you know in a vacuum in a one on one situation, obviously other stuff happening, but yeah, it's more complex, yeah. Right. But like, I, I like characters like that, mm -hmm. and I still feel like there's a skill skill uh, to it because of her glass cannonness. Like you can't be reckless or stupid. No, yeah. And I think that is a perfect way to make a character, especially in higher ranks. I'm I'll be curious to see where people are, can just aim, you know, <laughs> and just yeah, because Farah is not really meta. Well, she's she kind of came back a bit now, like recently, uh, but she, like so long, she was like basically out of it, out of the meta. Um, and I'm gonna be curious. It's gonna be curious to see how uh, how Echo fares against people who can aim uh, well. So uh, yeah, um, right. I think that was that was a quick uh, wrap up. On I, I was I was you know there was only I was afraid. It's not like they added uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, I was afraid it's gonna be too much, but uh, you know, we we did it. Uh, we can move on. <laughs> Podcast is over. We didn't actually. <laughs> right, that's it. <laughs> Cue the music. Um, I'll tell you what I did play though. I played Hollow Knight and I beat it. What? Um, you beat it? Yeah. Amazing. It, uh, I I kept. I like Metroidvanias. Yeah. And I heard. Uh, oh, this is like the best Metroidvania since. Since, you know, since the last of the night or whatever. Since the last yeah, one. Since the last one, basically. <laughs> um, it is probably better than most. For most independent Metroidvanias, yeah. this is probably near the top, right? Awesome. Uh, 
it's probably like a eight or nine out of ten. Uh, it is aesthetically amazing. Uh, it has very, you know, very levels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This being said, uh-huh. um, I feel Ta-da. like it is not a perfect game. Ooh. And oh my is- God! <laughs> no, it okay. is <laughs> you <got it>. probably. <laughs> No, yeah, it. I, I just I go online and I see a lot of people calling it like an instant classic, or mm-hmm. the best game in ten years. It's like a religion, stuff to like some, that. I feel this game, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's. I think the, there's some key problems with it. I think it tries to do so much. There's a lot of things it wants to be. Like, it also kind of wants to be a Souls-like. It is not entirely a Souls-like, but there's mechanics in it that um, punish you for exploration. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when I started the game, I hated it. When I was like, okay, these first three hours, really hard for me to like the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it was aesthetically very pleasing, uh, you just didn't have a lot of options. You didn't have a lot of charms for a build. You didn't really have anything to do. And then only when the game started getting into, like, the six-hour mark, because this is like a 15-hour game. Yeah. Um, when it got to the six-hour mark, I started enjoying it. But then on the internet, people were like, you need to play more. You need to play more. And in my opinion, uh-huh. a game should please you within the first three hours. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> ideally, it shouldn't take six hours. Yes, absolutely. Um, like maybe, uh, maybe, maybe if it's like, like depending on how, like if it's fifteen hours, then definitely not. Yeah, like with super yeah, I mean, long games, like an RPG that's seventy or something. Like, yeah, maybe give it like a good sporting try. But like, I I should have seen the fun in the game before that, and I did. Yeah, no doubt. And um, even even when I was playing it, I near when you get the end game, you have. You have options for the downloadable content, and you have uh, in Symphony of the Night. There's like sort of a thing you have to do to get the real ending. Mm-hmm. So there's extra content you have to go. You can't yeah. just do the the thing. Um, it's like that in Hollow Knight, where you can beat the game very shortly, but to get the quote unquote good ending or endings, you have to do more. And those were the aspects I really did not like Hollow Knight near the end mm-hmm. where um there was a segment to get the good ending yeah there is uh, it's called the white palace and uh it is like precision platforming think super meat boy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and that is i think you should be i think a developer should prepare you for a, a level like that before the level happens and it didn't yeah and i think that was a major problem especially for progression like, if okay. it's a side thing, who cares? You know, whatever. But it was a necessary thing for me to get a good ending, and that made me upset. Okay, yeah, and like, that's understandable. And, like, and likewise, and this is the last thing I'll say before I waste all the time in the world. Uh, no, that's fine. The downloadable content mostly seems to be bosses, yeah. and most of the bosses seem to be uh, just different versions of vanilla game bosses right and to me that is also not why i played the game although the so dlc was game, uh, free right the the one day that the dlc is free but it is also like 
huge content. Like, there's three endings behind the Godseeker content. Okay, okay. And it, it's just a bunch of bosses, and there's bosses in the main game, and it's a heavy part of it. Right. But in my opinion, a Metroidvania does not hang entirely on boss combat. It's like Souls in that way, where it's <laughs> like, oh, bosses are a big appeal. That. I was, yeah, I was yeah. waiting for you to say it. I was like, is he going to say it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on the tip of my tongue every time. <laughs> uh, I will compare every single game to Dark Souls. Edith Finch is a little like Dark Souls. It's not. Well, you, you, took, uh, you took super long to, 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 to call it uh, Souls-like because like people start usually people start with that. They're like, it's it, Metro, it, Metroidvania Souls. Like. I, I don't think it's normally like that. I think there are moments it becomes that, and I think it's a bad idea. Like the shadow mechanic. When you die, uh, you have to go back to that area yeah. and get your shadow yeah. to get your full Estus flask, basically. Yeah. And that is bad for exploration, because they're, yeah, they, yeah. Don't wall, they don't wall a lot off. You can go into some late-game areas pretty early. Right. And that is very punishing towards exploration because you're going to die right. and you're going to be like, I can't get that ghost. And there's a way to get your ghost back without doing it. But by the time that becomes a thing, it doesn't matter because you're already in the six hour mark and you're, you're fucking done. It's right. who cares? Yeah. I think that, yeah, a lot of games that should have, like, doing the soul stuff uh, without asking if they should or if it really adds much or. In this, or like in this case, where it's like it, like on paper, I could tell you that um, obviously a Metroidvania uh, with that mechanic, that's uh, like that's contradicted. Like it's a contradiction. Like um, if you want exploration, you sh there shouldn't be an element where you're required to go back uh, to a certain point before you can continue to explore. You should be rewarded for for exploration, right? Yeah. And. I think Hollow Knight, not only in those punishing aspects, but in general, is just not very good about rewarding the thing. I usually felt underwhelmed when I received whatever little nook or whatever little thing I got. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That all makes sense. I said the word nook to transition to the next one. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very good. Um, right. I'm a professional. I need, we need a jingle for this. I like, uh, you know... My, my weekly, uh, or my, you know, like, uh, bi-weekly uh, Animal Crossing update. Uh, <laughs> I need, like, some... Something. This is the Pavlos Animal Crossing update. Do, 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 breaking news. How do you feel about the game now? Uh, thank you for asking. I'm live at the scene here uh, on my island. It's called Kino Isle. And uh, things are crazy out here. They're nuts. Uh, fossils and fish and bugs everywhere. By God. Someone help <laughs> us. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I, yeah. Quick check-in with me on that is basically crafting still bad, and uh, it's not something that I would say. Um, some of you, um, there's two parts of, to this. Crafting is still bad, and it just gets more annoying because, like, you're in whatever hour you're in, and you still have to. Craft, like, there's quality of life stuff they need to do, like, you craft one item, you have to craft the, you know, it's basic level first, and then you have to upgrade that, instead of just being able to upgrade that item uh, immediately. Um, and some other quality of life stuff, crafting several uh, 
two like several of one thing and stuff like that. I'm sure they're gonna add those at some point, but um, obviously I'm one of the uh, opponents of the crafting, you know, period. Uh, as a You're mechanic. a dissenter. Definitely, and um, and uh, in, obviously they're not gonna patch that out. It's clear, but um, and that still is a problem. That just it doesn't. It's just not no fun to me. Um, that part. Uh, that well, said, at least Easter is over. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't They're even planning. Out eggs I wasn't planning to talk about Easter. Let's not talk about Easter. <laughs> um, the Easter event that is. Um, yeah, but uh, the second thing is like the gatekeeping and stuff. Uh, it it's still not fun. Like setting, having to set up stuff for uh, other villagers. Why do you have to do that? Like set up three homes for Nook. It's like no, you do you you fucking do that. It's your fucking business, man, uh, and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but aside from that, um, you it's definitely it's it's sort of um, reaching a point where um, you're base you can basically look forward to just new stuff coming in. Some of that you just want to from the get go, but okay. But you know you can just look forward to it and just play Animal Crossing. So. Um, I'm, I'm, I would say, um, sort of, uh, all in all, I'm, I'm a bit more positive on it than last time, but I would still argue against the, the crafting as a mechanic, um, you know, but, it, but it's, but it's fine, it doesn't ruin the game, it never ruined it, it's still fun, and it's fun with people, you know, exchanging... I'm already typing my rebuttal to you! Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's still fun to play with people, just send each other stuff and stuff like that. It's it's it's, it's fun, uh, and I'm curious to see what kind of ev events are like coming. Uh, so there's that's the potential here, right? To like do like DLC or like patches, add in stuff on the fly. Maybe do like actual an actual DLC plan. I don't know. Uh, with like you know, um, with a lot of different content. That's the uh, potential here of the. Uh, of this being on Switch, yeah. I'm glad you're more positive on it. Right. I'm sure in a month you're going to be in love with the game. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> when we get the jingle, I, I will be. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I, have, I have one last game, but it's going to be just a quick... Uh, I think I think maybe you should, uh, you should go first. I think mine is a good, like, finish. All right. Well, this is also short, but it's worth mentioning. Yeah. Fallout 76 adds... Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, I have to make those noises when I... Uh, it's like, I can't, I can't yeah, stop my body it's, it's from... It's guttural. Like, it goes right into your throat, and it, it, like, the gag reflex hits. Yeah, it's... it's I, I, I so, get I'm it. sorry, so sorry. We can cut that out. I'm just so used to it that whenever I say it, it doesn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hold my uh, mouth here, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, as of the 14th... Mm -hmm. They added NPCs, like real <laughs> NPCs that you could consider, like qualify as, like, oh, this is an NPC. Before that, wow. have you played any Fallout it. before this? Um, I played the first, like one or two. Like, okay, well, it, it's gonna be hard to say via those, but the quest, like, the only things that were in the world were mob enemies, other players, or occasionally a quest giver that was number one for sure not human and also would only give you the opportunity to take the quest yeah there was no other options yeah 
Great. Um, and it made the game very. What more do you need, bro? Uh, <laughs> so see, it's essentials right here. Uh, for for amazing the past game. like two years or year and a half or whatever, it has been missing that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the game was obviously bad, and it's still not great. Um, but it's finally hit the bare minimum of what you would want in a game. Yeah. And for that, I gotta say, it did not, it has not failed so far. They've reworked the main quest. I only did the first major quest featuring the bar and the raiders. Mm -hmm. And I don't know other people's opinions, but NPCs exist and they are human. Wow. I I feel like clapping. Um. I know. I know. I was so excited when there was an actual speech check. Where, where I had different options for my stats, and yeah. then those determined dialogue. Wow. I was like, oh my god, I forgot what an RPG feels like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, congrats to them. I think that um, should, everyone should bump their ratings from uh, 3 to 4 out of 10. Uh, At the very least, I'm glad that they cared enough to fix it. Yeah. Well, yeah. They could, they, could, they could have just abandoned the game after the first five months. Maybe it's, they maybe it's like three people or something that like somehow really, you know, they Care. they don't even they don't even like the game. They just feel bad that they um, that <laughs> they rushed out a product. Right? Yeah, that they they basically cheated uh, you know their customers and uh, and like you can't sleep at night anymore, man. Like they go like they they talk have a talk had a talk with their boss like. You know, my wife's about to leave me. It's like, I can't sleep. And it's, it's like, I've been a walking, you know, wreck here. I can't, I, my conscience is killing me. I, I gotta say, I respect their level of guilt. Yeah. That's definitely respectable. All right. Um, great. Games improving out of guilt. That's uh, ideal, I would say. Um, my uh, last pick is, uh, well, like, last game I want to talk about here is... Uh, this hot new release called Windjammers. Uh, it's a new game from '94. Uh, I want to say, um, basically, that was you, a good year. The, the excellent year, of course. Windjammers came out, for example, um, <laughs> and um, of course, the people who don't know it, it's a frisbee tennis style game, one on one. And I've been playing it in single player. I I once CC'd it on medium difficulty, and hard is next for me on that. And I've been playing with some some uh, twin geeks, uh, peeps, and uh, also online. And let me tell you, first of all, um, there everyone I found out. Actually, I think the game only had some people playing it online because it was on sale or is on sale. Um, because I never found anyone before that, um, and uh, or maybe I just always checked at the wrong time. But people, all, all of them, picked the same character out of the um, out of the six characters you can pick. Is there actually a character meta? So there must be yes, and he's the one with who has like the same speed as he has power. So it's like he's like right down the middle. Uh, and I've always been playing uh, VU. Beep, beep, beep dot U, which was like a Korean player, but like for the Western version, they turned him into S. Miller, who is like a UK guy. But in my heart, we, we can't actually have Asian people in our <laughs> in our 
Asian-made games. I think that it's the only one they changed. But in my heart, of course, always be you. Um, and um, he is like he, he's like a bit more speedier than he is uh, powerful. Um, he's like the one below the you know below the below the middle guy uh, on on speed. Uh, and there's diminishing returns. I would say it makes no sense to pick the lady, for example, who has like most speed and you know who's the weakest in terms of power, um, because like you can basically catch the disc. You're, you're quick enough to get the disc um, uh, with you know with a slower character like the one I use or even the middle guy. So I get why they use him because it's diminishing returns on that, and at some point you want some power to have like the quick throw, quicker throws. So it's probably the right call. It's probably the I, I see why he's meta. I kind of feel like I I, I kind of don't don't want to jump on the bandwagon. I kind of want to stay uh, you know true to my to my guy. Um, so I'm probably handicapping myself there. Um, but no, but I, I think of it in terms of fighting games where I don't know how how prevalent the meta is. I don't know the difference between <laughs> him and your character, but. I think that I think it's important for varied uh, characters to have the avatars for the player, and if you feel more comfortable and capable with that lesser character, then he's not lesser. I don't know if I would feel. I, I don't know if I feel more capable. That's the thing. Like I, I haven't really tried yet. It's it, one. It's just like I don't want to be, you know, the guy who jumps on, you know, it just jumps on the the meta guy just because everyone is playing him. him. Um, I think I'm gonna stay true to my character, and I thought you were gonna say just like in fighting games, it's like a, it's like even cooler when you sort of win without relying on meta. So, uh, so that's what I'm gonna aim it for. It feels good I'm to gonna... fight with low tiers. I, I play, uh, I usually play grapplers in Street Fighter, and they're not usually they're not like always low tier, but a lot of times where you know you'll get to the point where it's like, okay, your game is easily figured out. Uh, they sometimes have bad matchups and what have you, and it feels good to win in spite of that. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it, it is, it is, it is really like kind of, it is kind of like a fighting game. Windjammers, um, it's a lot of the same mentality and like, um, yeah, in a way, it is, it is kind of like a fighting game even. Um, and everyone should check it out. It's uh, there's a sec there's a new one coming actually. Windjammers two is you know on its way. I think this year or next year. Um, and it's 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 my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite like versus um, versus game. I think um, because there's so many strategies you can do. Like there are so many. Obviously, it's fast paced, but like you have so many options when you have the disc. Like you can. You know, you can go for a lot of d different moves, and it can get absolutely crazy where you like counter your uh, basically power throw, like your alt ultimate. Basically, you can just counter it and send it right back, and that leads to can lead to some really amazing uh, moments where you just counter it back and forth, and um, yeah, and the, just the sound effects, the music, the look, everything is iconic to me. It's I would say. Yeah, it's definitely like one one of the best and my favorite Neo Geo game, and uh, one of the best sports games also around. So, is Windjammers your most anticipated game of twenty twenty? Windjammers two, you mean? Yes, sorry. I'm curious to see what they do with it, but like, I'm more excited. Uh, like in a way, I just want more players. <laughs> I don't need really it's not many changes I need or like any like so. 
this game is perfect. Yeah, I would say it's it's Which, like it's like for what it is, it's like it's I don't have like a clear criticism of how to improve it. Like I think it's perfect, and that doesn't mean they shouldn't do it too. Like I'm I'm curious to see that. So um, they should absolutely well, they will do it, and they absolutely should. So I'm curious to see that uh, see that, and I'm gonna play it. Um, but like it's it's that that's just the reason it's not my like number one anticipated game because like. You know, I'm curious about it, but it's not like I need it because I have I have one and like right. So, but it'll, it'll be interesting. It it has a different look as well, and um, I think it's slightly inferior. But you know, I get I usually I'm always in favor of you know them trying something out, trying trying something new. So I can. Well, I mean, I th I think it's fair to just give them the pass because yeah, yeah, yeah. of the time difference. For sure. You know what I mean? It's the same as Street Fighter. In a, in a way, it's, it reminds me, sorry, not Street Fighter, but Streets of Rage 4, uh, which is also yeah. coming out. And it's like, yeah, I prefer the old look uh, in a way, but... Um, or definitely... You're just glad to have it back. I'm... I'm well, I'm, I'm glad to have it back, you know, provided it's good, of course, but... Um, but like I'm, I'm, I'm totally in favor of them trying a new one, having these composers on, and you know, just giving it a shot. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna um, change the fact that I have the old ones still to play. So you know, um, and if anything, if it kills it entirely, well, I don't feel like it's gonna, it's not gonna feel like anything's changed because I, I thought it was dead anyway. Like I didn't expect it to, uh, to come back. Uh, so. So every day is a blessing. Same with Windjammers. Like I, I, I didn't expect that to to, to get a sequel. Like uh, over uh, fifteen years later. So yeah, that's so beautiful. I mean, I, I think uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad Neo Geo's like just like Neo Geo identities are making a comeback. At, at the very least, in my head, just because of Terry and Smash as well. Oh yeah, I'm just like oh yeah. man, I want I want another Metal Slug. Right, yeah, they did the they did the one on XBLA. Um, I think that was the last one, right? Not counting uh, mobile, uh, weird, you know, weird tower defense uh, metal slug on mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was no, X uh, or double X on. Uh, see, in my head, I'm I'm pretty sure that was a port of another game. It but was, yeah, yeah, it was. Slug X. Uh, yeah, that that was probably the last release. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A real tangible one. And yeah, I played it. And you know what's so weird was mm -hmm. I remember how I played it was the most obscure marketplace glitch <laughs> I think okay. in Xbox history. Do you know about this? Oh, where they had like where there were like uh, was it like in Oman or something where like so, no, some No, it was some... in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 or something. Oh, <laughs> there was once and it was on like a Middle Eastern like country where you, if you change your account region, they got like, like I don't know, six, six, seven XBLA games for free or something. Oh, I didn't know about that. That may be the that may be the harshest one. No, <laughs> it was just like if you if you played Call of Duty Modern Warfare two or something, yeah. and you were in a matchmaking thing, uh -huh. and on the side, if you go into the marketplace and you go to specifically Metal Slug X, yeah. you could get it for free. You could just download. <laughs> And I, I was like, I don't that. even know how this how this happened. First time like, I said that, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> like, what number, you know, flipped in the binary for yeah. this to happen? Right, right. 
<laughs> Maybe someone put it in one of the devs and I was like, no one's gonna find this. Yeah, well. And if they do, good on them. I don't know how anyone found it. That's a yeah, yeah. question. Someone really got the urge to uh, to buy Metal Slug. <laughs> Metal Slug. I was like playing card. I was like, this is like Metal Slug, basically. I'm gonna, I'm just I could, a little bit. I could buy it right now while I wait here in the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. You just spam grenade launcher. You know, what? they're very similar. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Rocket launcher. Yeah. No, it's Metal we're, Slug is great. We're gonna go from violence and guns and just all of that stuff to our game of the day. Right. Pavlos, what game is it? The game is uh, Windjammer. I mean, uh, Professor Layton and uh, the Curious Village on DS. Um, It's the first Professor Layton game by Level 5, our friends of Level 5. Well, I wish they were my friends because I actually really like them, even though I know that a lot of people have uh, some problems sometimes with their gameplay. Um, but actually, what I really like about them and what I really like about Layton, that's the first thing I want to touch on, is the um, sort of a early, late 90s, early 2000s, to me, like anime, like primetime TV uh I don't know what it was in in the US. There's like a channel I think that you had where you watch those like Detective Conan and Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and stuff. What, what is that called? Yeah, the there's. US? I mean, there's multiple stuff. It was like mo- it, either it would be imported like by WB or Four Kids or something. Right, right. Or there was like an anime network as well. Okay. But most of the time, you just watch it via the WB or Cartoon Network. Or something. Right, like those channels. And here it was RTL2. Uh, the channel um, which which had them and they remind me of like they're uh, they're very committed to like the look and the anime cutscenes and stuff but you know it's a very like the anime I would say it's a very um, you know they they have a good style they have a very specific individual style it's not like generic anime cutscenes that they do um, um, and uh, so does so does Layton and um, well, we should say that uh, I should, or I should say that the cutscenes only show up in very specific spots. How, how did you feel about um, like the the cutscenes that they had and wh- when they showed up? Like it was some very specific spots uh, in the game. Well, it was. I think I think the cutscenes ultimately helped the product, and I'm sure the other ones further entries will get better about it uh-huh. um the thing i didn't like about it was actually the ds hardware mm-hmm. um the sound bugged me a little bit okay um and uh not just that but like this sort of feels compressed however in every other sense i feel like it the aesthetic and the direction and the sort of cinematic feel really helps and even though I just complained about the audio, the fact that those cutscenes are actually voiced um, definitely lends a sort of uh, impactful feel that makes the game feel more special than if it didn't have it. Right. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I, 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 I like the style for them. I thought sometimes it's weird when, like, what the moments they picked to, like, cue one of those cutscenes. It can be a weird, bit weird, like, you know, the pivotal moments they have covered, but then some other ones, I was like, okay, well, you know, you can't put a cutscene here, but maybe, you know, maybe there were more interesting moments you could have picked to uh, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I, I agree with that, and I think sometimes, yeah. sometimes it didn't lend very well to the ultimate um, feeling. Like, the one I recall most, I guess we're going to go ahead and get into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, j- just to say it again, it's a game where you go, you're Professor Layton, and you also technically play as Luke, his assistant. Yes. And, uh, they go into a uh, village uh, at the behest or sort of challenge of um, the rich estate of you know, that lived within the uh, town, and apparently there's a secret golden apple yeah. that um, only only the smartest and keenest of minds could fit crack the code. Yeah, and um, when you go in, you just solve dozens upon dozens of puzzles. Yeah, um, each one's like a little riddle or little graphic puzzle that you can solve. And when you solve it, you move forward or you collect your overall puzzle total. Yeah, And I I think this is going to go into the cinematic feel thing. I feel that it only did it sometimes, but I really desired a sort of mix between the narrative and the puzzles. Oftentimes, you're going to get, number one, a puzzle that has nothing to do with the story. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to get it randomly from a villager. A villager is going to be like... Hey, I have a puzzle for you. If four rabbits are on one side of a river and you got to bring them over without the wolf, how mm-hmm. do you? And it's and you bring in logic to it. And I like the puzzles a lot, but there weren't enough during the highest moments of tension. Uh, so, for instance, one of the cutscenes is involving um, mm-hmm. the the inspector. There's yeah. there's a murder that happens. There's a murder that happens <laughs> and there's an inspector yeah. that comes in. His name is Kelmy or Chelmy or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce things. I'm not. I'm American. <laughs> but uh, but the cutscene happens when he... Uh, should we do spoilers? I, we should do spoilers, right? Well, uh, we can do. Do you need the spoiler? Not for this moment, but I'll give a spoiler tag when we have to do it. Okay. Basically... There's sort of like a whodunit scenario, yeah. and the cutscene happens, and he points to the character that did the bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> and in my head, a scenario like that would have been perfect for an actual puzzle. Or there's certain moments where right. a puzzle would have been perfect for the narrative. Instead, Leighton just knows it, and I'm sure. like, this is a moment to have the puzzle meet make have significance. Mm. It's, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. It's not that kind of game, um, but sure, I, I, I obviously I get the I get the point you, you're making, yeah. I think it's really, obviously, just a, sort of a vehicle for, like, these puzzles, which I, I personally greatly enjoy, because, you know, I always, I, I'm a big puzzle fan of the, like, of puzzles like that. I used to do I used to do them a lot. I used to get like the like the puzzle some puzzle magazines sometimes as a as a kid or a teenager like and just do some puzzles um, of all kinds. So this I just see this as a really like an, sort of nice vehicle for just those puzzles. But obviously I you know I totally get the p- criticism. I think it's it would be hard to do it for the the amount of puzzles that are in. Like have them always. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more so not saying that every puzzle because there's like 130 puzzles in the game. Right. And I'm not saying every single puzzle needs to be brilliantly woven in. Yeah. Sometimes they are woven in. Like you'll go to a bartender and he doesn't have a measuring cup. Right. So you have to 
divide yeah, classic. eight ounces of juice into three glasses equally. Classic puzzle. And that puzzle is a perfect example of just tiny ones that yeah. do fit with what's happening. And I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Um, I, I want to say that for me, uh, this game, like I, I run 100%ed it. I did every, I did every puzzle, every collectible, which unlocks some bonus puzzles. Also did those. Only thing I haven't done yet. I, I will maybe get to it. Um, it's a bit hard to do it now, but I, ha I have some ways I think to do it. <laughs> Is the 15 or so puzzles that they handed out via DLC. Um, which obviously you can't access them and access them anymore, even though they just they're on the cart basically. You uh, like a lot of DS games did that. Something you it was the content was on the cart, you just had to unlock it via Nintendo Wi-Fi, but they shut that off off. But now you can you can still unlock it via obviously some uh, you know means. Um, magic, black magic. That's exactly that's the way to do um, it. Well, they're not available anymore, so, you know, it's totally... Um, Ethically fine. Definitely, like, more than fine. Um, I'm glad those are... Like, it's good that those are preserved. Um, right. Yep. And um, so I did all of that, and I really enjoyed it. I think the best part about it for me is just the sense of place that's invoked by... The art style, which is very, uh, reminds me of very, like, of Sylvain Chaumet, which is this animator, um, director, animator, uh, put it like L'Illusionist, the Illusionist, oh, okay. um, uh, which is like this Tati homage, um, and, and yeah, very much reminiscent of that. Um, These podcast listeners thought we weren't cultured, but Pavlos is very cultured. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, um, well, oh yeah, the music and the music, the soundtrack. That's the, um, the, the the music, and oftentimes it'll just be the same song. However, it's just very comfy when you're trying to solve a puzzle. There's not a tension to it. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, what would hate me is if it was like intense, even right. during like the you know cinematic portion. Instead, you get like, puzzle. Professor, uh, what was <laughs> I say? I I did it. I, I don't remember. Um, I solved the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well That's done. That's my Luke. British accent, by the way. Yeah, Everyone, yeah. like most people, speak in a British accent in this, and uh, it's funny. Um, especially Luke's. I think Luke. Oh yeah, Luke is aggressively. Uh, British, <laughs> like I think it's like a tra Boy, governor. it's like a tracer situation. I think people should probably take offense. Uh, but <laughs> how I can you take offense to that guy? If I recall my latent trivia correctly, the American Luke is very different than the European Luke. Yeah, and apparently okay. the American Luke is offensive. He is uh, actually. They have the different. You can actually pick at the start uh, what uh, like language and what kind of English you want. Also. Uh, did you? Did you? I, I am totally fine. I honestly can't hear the difference. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, he's uh, he's very funny. Uh, like the he's like you, you'll have the um, you'll have his the voice clips and stuff like stuck in your head for head for a bit. Uh, like especially when, like especially during the the game, it's like you. I don't know. At least I was like you know sort of aping them. <laughs> Especially Luke. Uh, I, I love the aesthetic, and I, yeah, I think it it speaks a lot to their design, uh, how much they're instantly 
uh, lovable. You yeah. know what I mean? All the designs like, are great. The, uh, art, the art style is just, uh, personally, I think it's, it's just amazing. So coherent and, like, so evocative. Well, I mean, even in just, like, a basic sense where it's like, okay, we're going to make a slight Sherlock story where you solve puzzles. Yeah. And so when they made Leighton and Luke, they just did them brilliantly. Whereas Leighton's, like, so, like, expressively simple. Yeah. But, like, sophisticated still. Yeah. And Luke is youthful and has full of, like, you know, small little character detail. Right. That, uh, and that speaks for energy where you just like them and it's like, Instead of making a Sherlock Holmes and a Watson ripoff, yeah, yeah. where it's like, oh man, you, know, you get like The Apprentice, and yeah, and you know, of course, like Leighton is this very uh, sort of um, how would you describe him? Like gentlemanly, uh, he, he calm. he's a gentleman, and oftentimes he'll be like Luke. You know, <laughs> I remember like two or three times where he talked about like making women happy. It's like a true gentleman will never question a woman. Yeah. Or something like right, that. right. It's just funny. And it goes like every puzzle, puzzle has an answer. And <laughs> it's optimistic, and that's what I was, I guess, saying about the music was it's just it's warm. Yeah. Every aspect of it, even even the nefarious secret bad guy. Oh yeah. Is still very Who's not very involved ultimately. But, yeah, not uh, very involved. Yeah. His his evil it, plan it, is. It reminded me of the guy robots. in Wacky Races. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, yeah, you, I, I was wondering if you, because I, I, I peg you, I peg yeah. you as a Wacky Races fan. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, and... Uh, Mustache twirling is a great way to have a evil bad guy and still have it be, you know, yeah, enjoyable. Definitely. I remembered what Luke said. I think he says, well, I don't know if he says it all the time, but he says, like, Leighton's apprentice saves the day. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, Leighton's apprentice saves the day. Especially when it's like, find it funny, especially when the puzzle comes from like Leighton himself. It's like you yes. know he knows the end. Like he he gave the puzzle, so they're not really saving a day here. That, that's uh, what I know. like about the Luke puzzles. The Luke puzzles are very much more just like, oh hey, I know this puzzle. Or like, yeah. or yeah, like, oh, yeah. would you like to solve this one? Yeah. Sometimes he'll just offer that where he is presented a puzzle, and he's like, "No, I should let my apprentice do it," and that's that's really cool. And obviously, easily, you know, can easily turn into memes, but that's what makes it endearing. Like the this reminds <laughs> me of a puzzle. Obviously, was spoofed uh, a lot um, at the time and stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, the dark, the looming tower is the best track on that soundtrack. It's like a it's like a sinister, like brooding. Um, there's a, there's a live version of the uh, track in um, on the soundtrack uh, that everyone should listen to. The Looming Tower. It's really good. Um, um, yeah, I think we should um, also um, talk about. Um, we should talk about the puzzles. Puzzles, man. right. That was what I was going to say. We should talk a bit about, more about the puzzles. There's, like, different types of them. A lot of them, like, very classic puzzles, like classic puzzle types that have been known for a long time. But uh, they're all, I would say, I don't know if you would agree, they're all, um, or uh, most of them are, like, sort of, they have, like, this sort of context, sort of, like, you know, from, like, math school books, like, um, 
Yes. Yeah, to give like some situation, basically. Uh, some basic thing, like yeah. person A is doing this thing with person B. Right. This, How long would it take them to do right. this thing if it takes person A this long? There's some exceptions and, with the matchsticks and stuff where it's not really... Well, I, I was going to say, there's there's a lot of variety even in that. And yeah. what I like is mo like a large majority of the ones that involve numbers mm -hmm. aren't actually hard math based it's more so understanding the logic of the question exactly yeah and as soon as you understand the logic of the question easy examples are the not the riddle ones but the ones that are like basically like oh you have to get that one detail it's like oh you know yeah i'm i don't want to spoil it but there's like one where uh mice multiply right yeah and there's just a very basic answer that you don't actually have to do any math for it's like oh of course that's impossible. Right. So you have to do this this secret answer. Yeah, I remember. And I know what yeah, I know that's what you mean. really cool stuff. Definitely. And and you know that it's kind of thing, at some point you're looking for that. Sorry, I just wanted to add that at some point you know you get it, and as soon as you see like a more complicated question like that, you you start you learn to suspect that there is like a a different sort of answer they're looking for. What I still yeah. like about the puzzle variety is I think it utilizes the DS. I think the DS as a hardware piece is very like special in how it approached gameplay. Yeah. And so you can make notes, you can draw things. Right. It's interactable in that way. That's still sort of like a, yeah. there, there's still like a voyeuristic aspect to it that I love. And I think um, most of the time it utilized the DS's gimmick in a very unique and innovative way. Yeah, taking notes is awesome, like an awesome feature for those I, uh, for the puzzles. I use that a lot, like all the time. And um, right, and if you need it, you can get uh, hints uh, with hint coins, uh, which you find in the world. Um, and uh, yeah, did you have to use any hints? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And it's like three tiers of hints. So, and the last one is like we really, like if you spend the third coin on a puzzle, like the third hint is like really blatant. I would say. Um, yeah, it, it pretty much tells you the game plan, if not the answer. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but it's good that those are in there, of course, and it's good that the, I, I think the way they they solve that with the coins is very smart. Like you can just, uh, you know, uh, you you do not have unlimited hints, but you can use them on the puzzles that you need them on. Um, and there's also, you can miss puzzles, uh, sort of in the progression, when the story progresses, some people change what they say or change positions and stuff, and then they don't no longer have the puzzle, but there's like a pool, uh, like a lady, old lady, I think, at some, in some house, in some... It's like a witch or something. In yeah. some inn or in some, yeah, in her, her house. You can do all the puzzles there that you missed. They, you like, yeah, you can just um, go there and you're not... So that way you're not really missing puzzles, which is which is cool as someone who is like uh, I'm, a, you know, completionist. A completionist, uh, uh, unfortunately, it, it makes it makes things easy to where it's like because some of the puzzles are obscure. You'd have to go to a specific portion that the main quest does not want you to go to. Click on a person, or even worse, click on a, an item on the map, and then they'll go, "Oh, this reminds me of a puzzle. Here's a puzzle." Yeah. Um. So if you missed those. That would be devastating, but they have a way to provide the content still right. um, and not punish the player. Right. Um, I should say that doing everything, uh, doing the 
all the puzzles in the main story, doing the collectibles and the little mini games that are so sort of the meta mini games where you have to like uh, do f place furniture. Uh, one of them is where you place furniture for uh, Luke and the professor, which is actually um, sort of that actually evolves. Like in the third game, there's like entirely like there's an entire separate game in the game. It's called London Life, if I remember correctly, um, where like. Um, in that same like art style, which I actually really like, um, and um, they they do stuff with those like mini games. They they go places in the in the future entries. Um, but yeah, you unlock it. You can unlock a dog, which does something very useful. I won't say what it is. Um, and uh, the third thing is like a puzzle um, sort of mini game. And if you do those and all the puzzles in the main story, you get bonus puzzles, which are the hardest in the game. Um, and if you do all of those, not that you don't need the DLC ones for this, you get a little, like sort of Mario style, you, uh, you get a little golden latent on your save file. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just a little, um, it sounds rewarding. It, it really is. No, I mean, ideally the journey of course should be the reward in itself, sort of, uh, the puzzles and stuff. Um, and I would say the puzzles, the bonus puzzles are hard enough that it's, it does feel rewarding getting them and solving them. So, um, but, uh, you know, at some point you can't always give like something new for everything completed, uh, just an endless loop of things. So, um, like, you know, at some point you have to just say, okay, you did everything. Here's, <laughs> you know, a last small thing to, uh. Acknowledge that. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. I mean, the reward is more gameplay, and the gameplay is the challenge. Right. And it and in in the discovery of the answer is really the meat of the game, as far as like joy goes. And uh, yeah, I sometimes hit frustration, but whenever I solved the puzzle in yeah. front of me, I always felt a sense of accomplishment. There was not a single puzzle in the game where I was upset. There was one puzzle I got close to being upset, <laughs> and that was. One. What was what was your least favorite puzzle? I guess I should ask. Oh man, uh, no, you do yours first. Do mine? All right. I don't. I, I don't know uh, if you have a specific one in your head or if you can't come up with one. Mine was the camera and the camera kit. Do you remember this puzzle? Mm, I think so. Yeah. So I'm not gonna spoil the answer, but the answer almost didn't make sense <laughs> unless I had it spelled out to me. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. basically it was about the value of buying a camera and then buying a kit and then buying the kit by itself and how much change you should get back. Right. And yeah. No, I remember it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that, that one stumped the shit out of me for a second. Okay. I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then it only made sense after like that third hate point where it was like, Hey, <laughs> right here, this, this right here, this is what you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember I remember that. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, everyone will have something they'll uh, they'll get stuck on. Um, but um, but but I think hmm, I'm I'm not good at the match match ones uh, match puzzles because um, I think I I don't know, for some reason I like when they tell you it has to look like this. Basically, I I'm not sure how that should look in. <laughs> with matches, like how would that look with matches? I don't know what. What I, am I going I see for what here? Saying. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there are times where the, you'll do a visual puzzle where you have to arrange something or highlight something. Yeah, yeah. And for that, it requires a certain perspective that, yeah. like, you, you need to, like, take a step outside of it. A good example is, like, pegs, and you have to draw, like, seven squares with limited pegs. Mm -hmm. And to do it, you have to do something that you wouldn't think of initially. Right. And, again, yeah, that, that can be frustrating if you don't. Because sometimes, uh, what I like about puzzle games, and this game in particular, is that in real life, sometimes it's so hard to shift your own perspective mm -hmm. that this sort of gameplay forces you to. I think it's just great brain teasers and, like, sort of the, I think the, um, if you take, like, Brain Age from the time, which was, like, super popular and, like, Yeah, I, I was, was going to compare it to other DS uh, yeah. puzzle games. Yeah, And like a great idea. This is one that's like obviously so much more fun. Obviously, it's a very different thing. It's not a sort of brain age. It's almost like more of an app. But um, but yeah, like because every puzzle is like different, you know, obviously it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously you sacrifice replayability to some degree. You can go back after some years and, you know, but um But then the story, you will know the story and stuff. So, but you sacrifice replayability to a point, but you have like a much more tailored, you know. No, um, see, puzzle uh, I I personally like the story because it gives it a certain kind of special structure for me. Like, yeah, it just makes me care more. I wanted to talk Whereas about the story. Brain yeah. Age, Brain Age is just like here's some Sudoku puzzles. Sudoku, <laughs> like yeah. legit, that's, that's what they do. They just throw they just throw the things out and. Oftentimes they're not logic based or anything like that. It's just pure math or it's pure uh, pattern recognition. Sure, and sure. It's sort it's of a, just like it's very different. Like it's I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean you can yeah. compare the two, but like I did, but but yeah, ultimately obviously no, it's a different no, thing. I, I, and I mean I, I'm not disparaging Brain Age. Yeah, yeah. Especially the thing I like about Brain Age was it was very casual and thing. It yeah. was like a phone app for the DS. Uh, it was a lifestyle sort of thing where it's like oh I just feel like opening up a Sudoku today. It's like crossword or whatever. You, you I was doing those daily routine. I was playing Brain Age yeah. like, you know, I, I was playing that every day. Like, uh, and uh, um, you know, when it came out, I uh, I was really into that, doing that, and like, um, uh, especially the ones where you had like a set time and you did the puzzles, and then you got your titular Brain Age. <laughs> Like they told you, like you're you think like a seventy year old, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. yeah, I mean, I I like Brain Age a lot. I guess what I'm just trying to say is that the charm in Layton endears it to me in a way that doesn't feel yeah, disposable. Absolutely, like honestly, it, it it yeah, it's a different appreciate. It's a different level of appreciation I have for Layton. And yeah, you just see the effort. We should say the the story. Yeah, it's totally engaging. Like for me, it was very, like it was like a good, yeah. in a way, like a good, like a very good visual novel. Um, and um, I actually haven't seen it yet, but obviously they also did a a Layton like movie uh, anime, right? I think they have an anime series, like an OVA or something. Right. I think. Well. I think it was a. I think it was a movie, like. If it wasn't OVA, it was like I, I a think one. Done, I think they've done a lot. I'm sure they've done movies. Yeah. So, um, I want to say I, like I, the Eternal I, I Diva. I think was playing. the name. Layton and the Inter Eternal uh, Diva. I think is the name. See, I I like the idea of uh, continuing this in my head. Um, I'm definitely curious to see how the series develops, even if it's just refinement. Um, yeah. I think I think this game has so much promise 
right. that you know, hey, you know, all you have uh, to do is come up with new puzzles. Right. I think it's. I think it was always. Good. Ultimately, it was always like three components that got judged basically: quality of the puzzles, like the new puzzles. Um, but obviously, you know, especially just new puzzles. Then quality of the story and the setting and stuff. And then the third thing, quality of the mini games, uh, and like the stuff, or like, you know, the stuff that's the bonus stuff, basically. Um, and I think in, th I think that those parts vary from game to game. Like I mentioned, the I think third one, I think, is the one with Spectre in the title. Uh, Spectre of something, I, I don't, you know, don't remember the exact name, but that's the one I mentioned with like London sure. Life. And I actually, uh, I owned that on DS here. I got the, you know, PAL version. But at some point later, uh, when I found out that it, um, I haven't played it yet, I should say, but uh, when I found out that the PAL version didn't get London Life, which is ironic, um, the, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, they would, they would miss the London life thing because, yeah, yeah. I, I got a, I got a, the US version just to, to have, to have that because it is actually, it's supposed to be a super meaty thing actually, like a almost a, yeah, it's like a game within a game basically. Um, so, and obviously they did the 3DS ones and stuff. They did, they did them for quite a while these games and like really regularly too and then they just stopped recently they did the one with Leighton's daughter I think uh, on which came out first on 3DS uh, if I remember correctly and then they did a switch port um, like 3DS and mobile and I think they did it and they did a switch port of that recently that's the last one but that was like after a a break I think they took a break uh, with it and even now, it seems like they just ported that, so they didn't do any new ones since then. So they slowed down um, considerably. And um, well, when it comes back, it'll be a revival, like Windjammers Two. <laughs> yeah, they should put uh, Luke in Windjammers. I would say, um, you know, Oi, for governor, the... I'm about to throw this frisbee. <laughs> just for the voice lines, yeah. I wonder if that. I wonder if. The, I, I hope. That, I'll put it differently. I hope. It, they don't change the voice lines don't change in uh, the other games um yeah that's like iconic i would say like uh, yeah luke is like people say hollow knight instant classic i would say luke's voice is uh you know timeless <laughs> well i mean i definitely think this game as an artifact will be remembered for especially on the ds library because Oh yeah. This this definitely utilized uh, the DS in such a unique way, yeah. and it, it is such a memorable franchise for me at least. Well, maybe we can um, we, maybe we can you know play uh, the sequel sometime in our own time and talk about it in um, in the first segment and stuff. We're probably not gonna do another Layton as the main game of the episode in in a while. <laughs> so, uh, but we will see. We will yes, see. No, yes, probably. Not. Speaking of which, uh, do you wanna wrap it up and? Uh, Tell the nice folks at home uh, what's next for, for us. That's right, Pavlos. The next game available, or the next game uh, on the Day Dreamcast will be... This is a simulated drum. Yeah, it, it, we wanted it to be DuckTales. I beat DuckTales, for the record. I'm about to drag you under the bus. <laughs> I beat DuckTales. And I was like, I'm so ready. And he's like, I don't have remastered. None of this and happened. I'm like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> I deny everything. Um, yeah, let's say something came in the way. And, <laughs> and now the new game 
is Batman for the NES, the uh, the licensed 1989 movie version of the game by Sunsoft. Sunsoft Batman. And uh, we're going to also um, gush... Oh, well, I'm going to gush a bit about Sunsoft, uh, of other Sunsoft titles. Uh, but yes, our main game will be, will be Batman, which I haven't beaten in a long time. So... Uh, and uh, I have the pleasure to play it on uh, my NES here, um, since I own it and I own the cartridge. So, uh, dang, why don't you brag some? Yeah, uh, you know, wanted to get that, wanted to slip that in here at the, the end. authentic feeling. Right, you're gonna see. Yes, <laughs> big well. old blurry purple Batman on. A... <laughs> <laughs> Let me sip some of this wine and. Uh, you know, finish the episode here. Uh, Don't worry, listener, I'm just as crude as you. <laughs> well, thank you very much again for uh, talking about th- those darn video games um, with me, uh, Brogan. And, uh, no problem, Pavlos. We'll hear you, or well, you'll hear us uh, next, next time, in two weeks, talking about Batman. See you then.